0: hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org.
1: It's been five years. You guys want to take a little journey with us real quick for a video? These are, we've been in 11 locations. We figured it up yesterday. 11 locations. We've had 12 moves, but 11 locations in five years. How many of you have been with us in all 11 locations? Anybody? That's what I thought. Yeah. I remember you. You'll see yourself in the video. This has been an encouraging journey along the way. And uh, let's just watch it. Let's go ahead and play it. wanted to let you all know we just finished uh, our first service here at 1050 Adams Avenue Uh, we're excited about being here looks like we're only gonna be here just a few weeks uh, the way it appears Uh, there were probably a dozen children uh, all over the place and obviously the facility doesn't hold um, enough uh, rooms for all the children in different areas we need to have specialized ministry in so uh, we're excited so we just continue to pray about the doors that God opens for the next location and uh, it's gonna be a journey until we land where we're supposed to land and uh, all the different people
2: has been my theme and shall be till I die. Sing that out today. And shall
1: All, but I just had my moment. God is wanting to raise up a a people that can appreciate the the passion when things were inspired and created and how they've lost through traditions of men. But God wants to raise up that appreciation the people that honor and appreciate just His creativity. have drums we'll have probably a choir we'll have a full band but we're not going to lose the appreciation of somebody that penned the words to a song that's written in a hymn book we're going to redeem it we're going to sing the ones that line up with our direction that we're going his creation the pride of thinking the way it was back then didn't produce what it should have produced and trying to abandon all those things now we're going to raise up a, a generation that can appreciate all things that god created
0: fact instead of covenant you make me happy i make you happy we split the uh, housework 50 50 that's a contract and what the lord is contending for is covenant meaning I'm not giving you stuff to try to make you happy. Instead, I'm just saying this, I give you me. Two people submit one to another, that's what Ephesians 5 looks like. Give us some perspective there, Stacy. Well, I met this uh, beautiful lady and uh, I've always went to church as a kid. And you didn't really know why my mom was making me. So, I met her and and I was going through some hard times. I got great kids and and uh, financially I was struggling. She took me for what I was and for Christmas she handed me a Bible, of all things, a Bible and I never could really grasp it. I met Ronnie and some other people and Pastor Kevin and man our relationship has blossomed so, so huge. I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of questions for Ronnie because I'm on this spiritual adventure with you guys. But uh, And Pastor Kevin, you're going to get a lot of text. And, but there's one question that, that I've asked myself and I've asked Ronnie, just can't, they can't answer. But the question I want to ask is, will you marry me? Will you, will you make me the happiest man in this whole world in front of God and this church? Will you marry me? She said maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie.
1: Do that course again. Do that, do that. Stand to your feet. Come on. You know you like, don't act like you don't know this one. Alicia Keys. Everybody know Alicia Keys? See that course again. stuff of this world the stuff of this world will be find you empty how many you know I've been there I've chased after it doesn't happen and all I'm asking you to do is do it you're not gonna fail listen to me you're a part of a victorious body of people this is not a pep rally this is something that really we have the goods to back up man how would you have liked to have been the year before Jesus came and somebody tell you this message You're the chosen ones. You're gonna do this. And you didn't even have the blood on your back. Now you got the blood applied to your back. You've got the victorious death, the victorious burial, the victorious resurrection already working in your life. Let's go do this thing. What is it this week stands between you and victory and success between now and next Sunday? Is it your fear of failure, your concern and your worry? How about you do this? Trust yourself this week. That He's not going to let you fail. And if you're not getting knocked down and do something silly and crazy, get back up and know that you got another day to go. Hey! Oh! Hey! That's,
2: that's messed up. So I
0: don't
1: have
2: to
0: go, to right? Once he goes. Oh, go. Bang!
2: And, and you think that you've heard God speak back to you man trust it trust it you know because here's the cool thing about it is if if your heart is to please God you're not gonna fail
1: We thank you Lord of what not only has happened but what's happening but what will happen we bless you we thank you and we honor you for the goodness of God it's drawn all men to change their mind into a, a paradigm to a paradigm where they can be what you've called them to be and impact this world that you've called us to impact. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus name and all of God's people said. Amen. Amen. Pick up a card on your way out. It's directions to the next place. God bless you all.
3: We are super excited that we are here at this point of our venture. So right Yay. And listen, major applause for all the people who have put in so many hours and labor and sweat, tears, everything. All I got is her and
2: need for
3: me today and he's saying one word to everyone it's welcome 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 this morning next door in Bridget's Dance Academy windows it says pardon our progress and I feel like that's the theme for today pardon our progress it's kind of messy but we're growing here Do you guys feel that? And if there are people who have never been here before, extra welcome to you. Extra welcome. We're so happy that you could join us on the first day. And for you guys that are new and this is your first time, you're going to think, wow, it's a little messy. Yeah, but you don't know where we've come from. And we hope that you'll stick around to find out where we've come from. And so the Lord is saying, we're saying to you, ECH is saying this morning, please pardon our progress, but the Lord is working with us. And the Lord is saying to all of us, welcome, welcome home. Be blessed in this place.
2: every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me. A million dreams, a million dreams I think of what the world could be A vision of the one I see A million dreams is all it's gonna take A million dreams for the world we're gonna make
1: God had a dream. From the very beginning, God had a dream. Well, happy anniversary. Five years. Five years and 50 pounds. And lots of stress. Lots of concern, lots of worry. I'll see you at five o'clock, Vicky. <laughs> I was watching that video and I thought, back when it was a moving, we were small, I remember that first service um, at the uh, we, uh, the Adams Avenue property, which happened to be the QFM building back here. And I remember being upstairs and I said, Steph and I think Ronnie were up there and I said, hey, uh, you think anybody's going to come? And, uh, I, they said, yeah, we believe people are going to come, because I knew my family was going to be there, <laughs> so we weren't going to be totally empty, and we walked downstairs, and it seated 60 people, and we had 66 people the first service. It was overflowing, so we couldn't stay there, but just that side, well, we went stayed two Sundays, and we went on the move, and then we had our eye on this property for a couple of years, and then it worked out until we were able to get it, and uh, the Lord's just been faithful, and hasn't been easy how I many you know, nothing's easy if the Lord really is in it, because it's going to stretch you every step of the way. And there's many opportunities to quit, and many opportunities to, I quit, I quit probably a hundred times, I just never left, <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. And you've you, you got the same testimony in your own life, you know, whenever the Lord calls you to do something great. And one of the battles that I faced, and I, I, I was going to preach, I had a couple of sermons today that I was going to preach, but I felt led right before service when I was kind of reflecting on the video. Uh, to kind of show you something that I had to battle, and I believe it's gonna be pertinent for you. It's only gonna take me about 10 or 15 minutes to, to, to share this, but I believe it's gonna be pertinent to your life. I've talked about this before, and it's something I've had to remind myself over and over again. Um, in the journey between the time you start something uh, do something, moving towards something, change is happening in your life, transitions happening. You're trying to figure out, God is this you, me, or the de- the devil? I mean, what, what's what's resisting me? Am I resisting myself? How how what move do I make? Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there? Where you're just trying to figure out, God, do I? It's all you. And I, I went through that period of time too. So Lord, thank you. It's all you. And then I realized about two weeks went by and nothing was happening. And then I realized that. You gotta apply yourself. You have to apply yourself. And you're not into works, but faith without works is dead. You have to apply yourself. And then those times where you go well, you get ahead of God, you start putting your hands on everything, and then you realize, God, it's all about you. You're doing it, not him. And then you have to stop. So they're always managing or trying to navigate through that pressure and tension of your fleshly work and his spiritual work and you're constantly battling that. And I come to a place uh, about, f- I guess it was probably four years ago, five years ago, when we started this thing, that I, uh, I got a revelation, and I wanna share it with you. And I've shared this before, and it's not gonna be new to some of you, but it will be new to, to others. And it, it, it changed me, because it's the battle that, it's my own battle. It's my, it's my, it's my, it's my, um, my tendency is I'm a go-getter. I, I, I can analyze, I can see things in the future. I mean, I can see 10 or 15 years out there. My only challenge is I have to wait for time to catch up with the 10 or 15 years because I'm already living out of that thing. And then everybody else around me is going, slow down, I can't catch the breath. I can't, you know, and I'm going, well, we're going to keep moving. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go because this, this is my natural tendency is uh, because I, I, trust, I do trust the Lord. I do trust the Lord. It's hard when you step out and you step out beyond your own ability to fix it or finish it. You know what I mean? Or make the changes that are necessary. So uh, I guess it's probably been four or five years ago that I had this revelation. It's in John chapter 13, and um, it's the hardest thing uh, to do as a believer, as a Christian, but it's the most necessary, I believe one of the most necessary things to do to, to get this, this understanding and this revelation and this principle and perspective. Otherwise, as you're navigating and living life, you're always going to try to either worry about getting ahead of God, uh, be behind God. Are you, are you, um, you know, can I, can I do some things in my life to mess God up? You know, how does that all work? And let me read this passage of scripture and then I'm gonna tell you my revelation and I'm hoping, it'll be a blessing to you, because as I was just watching this video, you wouldn't believe the moments in time when we were at a pivotal point, could have went one way or the other, and there was times we went, we would try to go right, and the door would just shut in your face, and you would go, God, what do we do now? Well, there's nothing you could do. You had to just stand. And then I would quote the scripture, when you've done all you know to do to stand. You stand. And that was a good scripture to quote, but that was the only reason I quoted it because that's all I had to do. I didn't have any other options. And then all of a sudden I'd have three options and I'd go, oh God, I'd rather just have the one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easier. Uh, what do I do? How much do I sit back on my heels and wait for something? Lord, I'm waiting for you to open a door and then I'm going, then somebody would come along, give you a scripture that says, if you knock, you'll open. And you're going, well, I, do I knock in, mov- in mobility or do I knock st- sitting here? Alright. Maybe this is just for me today. Alright. Alright. Let's read this passage of scripture and let me tell you a principle that's gonna I believe it's gonna change your life. And I know many of you have already heard me preach this, but are we ready? John chapter thirteen verse one. And King James will be good. Now before the feast of the Passover, When Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world, those of you that are in Revelation series will know what I'm talking about when I say his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in this world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper, this is in the evening, and he laid aside his garments, took off his clothes, he took a towel and he girded himself. After that he poureth water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with his towel, wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, Peter, the mouthy one, the bold, courageous one. And he said Peter to him, Peter, Lord, Peter Peter said to him, Lord, don't wash my feet. Jesus answered and said to him, Peter, what I do thou knowest not now. You don't know what I'm doing, but you will know later. After the fact, Peter said to him, thou shalt never wash my feet Jesus answered him, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. This is Jesus. But he is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who he should betray him, therefore said he, ye are not all clean. There's a devil in the middle of them. So after he had washed their feet, he had taken his garments, and he sat down and he said to him, know you what I have done to you? You call me master and Lord, and I say you're well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that has sent him. If you know these things, look at this, happy, happy, happy. This will make you happy if you do them. Now watch this. I was... uh, Reading this passage of scripture, we were in the middle of this process of transitioning, and I was going, God, you know, I need to, I need, we need to, we got I need to do more for the Lord. I gotta do more for God. I, I need to do more for Him. I, I just want to be a servant of the Lord, and I want to do more for Him. So, I had this, this focus on. We were rallying people together, and we were trying to find a place to go and. We were buying a building and going to rent another location. It was just a lot of money and a lot of, you know, movement, and lots of wear and tear on stuff and people. And I was, I was going, God, you know, Lord, I, I've done, I feel like I've been faithful. So I started rallying off my resume to him, right? I give, we give. i I'm faithful. Uh, and I started giving him this long list of things that really would, would be pretty good accomplishments if he mattered. <laughs> but it just didn't matter. And all of a sudden, the Lord took me this passage of scripture. And he says, you cannot do for anybody else unless you change your perspective of who I am. He says, you can't receive healing. You can't give healing. You can't Give prosperity, you can't receive prosperity, you can't do anything unless you realize I first have to serve you. And I, like Peter, had this mentality that we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua said it, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But you first have to allow Him to serve you. That passage of Scripture came to my mind. Now I want you to picture this this is Jesus Christ the Lord, the Savior of the world, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the one, the bright morning star, the lily of the valley, the the, the, the horn of uh, our salvation is on him. I mean, he is the alpha and the omega, he's the first and the last, he's all of those things. This is Jesus the lord, the master, the king. This is the one we've been waiting on, the Messiah, Emmanuel, all of this. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, all of this And he comes into a room, strips himself of his clothes, has his 12 disciples there, 11 of them are good, crazy, but good. And he's got one in there that's going to betray him and he knows he's sitting there. So he's got one that's highly toxic and infected. The rest of them are just toxic, (laughs) right? So here we are. And Jesus walks in there, exposes himself, reveals himself, I'm talking about bears all, naked. Puts on a towel around him, gets the basin of water, comes up to the disciples while they're sitting there after they have eaten, and he comes up and he begins to wash their feet. Peter stops him and says, I wanna, me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. I need to do this for you, Jesus. I tithe for you, I'm paraphrasing, modern days, I pray to you, I give to you, I serve your body, I, and I, you start naming all these things. Because we're doing it out of, we don't even know it's an obligation, but it comes sometimes out of obligation. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, you don't understand. If you don't first receive what I'm giving you, unconditionally, you will never be able to give what you have to anybody else unconditionally. If you receive from condition from me, you will give to other people conditionally. That's love. That's care. It's compassion. It's money. If you don't, that's healing. If you put on people that they have to do something to receive it, you're gonna put them in the place of works, and they're gonna think it's conditional. So Peter, sit down. If you don't receive from me, and allow me to give to you, and you don't receive that unconditionally, you'll have no part in me. Peter has a moment, like I had a moment. The Peter's moment was this. Oh my gosh, I have to be able to receive this because if I only think I'm serving God by doing something out of duty, I'll miss how the spirit of the Lord flows. So Peter says, oh gosh, do it, do it all over me. I'll sit right here and let you serve me. It goes against your flesh to let Jesus serve you. Your flesh doesn't want anything Free. It says it does, but it wants to work for it. If flesh can have a little, just a little, just a little bit in the mix, flesh can take credit for the whole thing. But Peter had to sit down and receive without salvation, he had to receive his feet being washed by Jesus. I'm going to ask you today. Can you let Jesus serve you healing? Can you let him serve you vision? Can you let him serve you prosperity? Can, you let, him, can he, you let him serve you your relationships? Can you let him serve you? I couldn't. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to be still and let him know and, and know that he is Lord. I didn't know, because I equated sitting still with idle movement, no movement, not doing anything. I said, "Well, oh God, I'm just gonna wait on the Lord until he does something, and all of a sudden, days could go by, weeks could go by. And finally, I realized, no, that's not how it works. It's a posture in Christ that knows that he initiates. Listen, this is the key. He initiates the solution and transformation that takes place. Your job is to be in the position, because what Peter do, he sit down. He got in position. Can you allow yourself to be in a position and stay put in a position while the Lord serves you? And then immediately when he begins to initiate, you begin to respond. And I mean respond with all that's within you. What Peter do? Don't just wash my hands. Wash my feet. Don't wash just my feet. Wash me all over. Why? Because I gotta have this thing from head to toe. I gotta have it head to toe. What's that look like practically? What's that look like? Change your frame of reference and mindset. That God is not looking for you to do something for Him. God wants you to allow Jesus to serve you. So you can receive it unconditionally so you can serve others. God wants an unconditional, no strings attached, blessing flowing to you from him through to other people. That's why he says, he'll make you, he, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. Not rich isn't just money. It's prosperity, it's health, it's everything. Peace. The Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to it. we have been so Egyptized world system wise that we think the way of the Lord is the way the world does it. And we can fit in and when the Lord does something wonderful or we get a, a blessing that looks like a, from the Lord. <laughs> what if I told you there's a better way for you to buy a car without having to get a 1.99% interest rate and qualify your own credit? What if I told you there's a, another way to buy a house? Why is it that when the rates go up, the church gets nervous? Because the church becomes the borrower and borrowers get nervous when rates go up, but investors get happy when end rates go up. Walk through the city of New York City, I've been there. 1.99% home equity loan, 2.9% car loan. Walk through the city of Canada, Ontario or Toronto. They're talking about savings instruments. United States talks about borrowing instruments. Buy here, pay here. Title loan, pawn shops. Cash checks, whatever all those things are, right? Have they not infiltrated the entire country? What if the church gets a hold of a revelation of allowing God to serve us through Christ? Oh, it's gonna change our perspective. There's not one person in here I don't really believe, and I may be wrong, that you believe That God can supernaturally pay your house off. Supernaturally wipe out a debt. You get it all figured out, though. He's like me, the math has to add up. You get it all figured out. If I do this, then I can do that, then I can do that. And the Lord's going, You want me to sit down and you wash my feet, or you want me to wash yours? Right? Same thing with healing. It's all packaged together. In Christ, it's all there. Right? I'm just talking about that because that's a practical example. But it's all in healing. There has to be a body of believers, a church of people that I believe the Lord is raising up. Right? That you have to have more security and confidence in your retirement. That God can supernaturally work in your life. The church would be scared of supernatural. I can honestly tell you, over those five years that we've been moving and of course we've been here a year, over those five years, there has been one supernatural event after another. But we didn't experience the supernatural until after we exhausted all of our analytical figuring it out. We did it. We figured it out. We exhausted ourselves and finally went, Well, God, if you don't do it, it ain't going to happen. And I'm not so sure that God wanted us to exhaust ourselves. He, he might have been one to be the first turn to, one to turn to rather than our analyzation of everything else. It doesn't mean we don't do due diligence. It doesn't mean we're not have, we do our, 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 our study and, and get our house in order. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. This isn't even about money and about it's about health. It's about life. It's about perspective of God. How big is He to you? And can you let Him serve you? I, t- I tried it once. I had a couple in my office. Their marriage was in shambles. I had exhausted all I knew to do. I'd used everything I could possibly fit for him and her. I even tried music and said, let's just worship. <laughs> Let's just sing a song. Can we just all karaoke here for a moment? Maybe a little change. I mean, I did it all, okay? Nothing was changing. Nothing <clears throat> was changing. So finally it kind of rose up inside of me. I thought, I probably need the Lord here. <laughs> right? Because all my training wasn't working. All my experience wasn't helping. And they were getting mad. It was worse than it was when I came in. So all I did was you know, expedite a divorce. Right? So here they were coming together. So finally I said all I knew to say, and I felt this prompting in my heart, and the Lord spoke to me and said, just turn him over to me. And I said, and he wasn't, this guy wasn't much of a believer. She wasn't much of a believer. She was putting all of her hope in me saying the right magic words to turn his heart around. Okay? And I, and I thought I was doing pretty good until he just wasn't hearing me. And then I started getting a little frustrated, going, man, this is not working. So I looked at her and looked at him, and I said, i tell you what I want to do, I said, I want to pray and invite God in the middle of your marriage, or your situation. And, I, and they said, okay, sounds good. And um, he, he didn't care, it didn't matter to him, to her it was great. And I said, well, I don't think you understand. I said, me and the Lord are like this. We're tight, I have a direct access, direct line. And he went, he started leaning in a little bit, he goes, well what now? I said, oh yeah, we're, we're close. He said, you're close to the Lord? I said, now i got to realize where I was headed. I said, oh, you wouldn't have a clue. I said, I'm tight. He, I, whatever I say, he hears me. So when I ask him to get involved in your marriage, you better get ready. He, he, start, he leans in now <laughs> closely. He says, what's that look like? I said, oh, no. No. you know retreating now. No, no, no. Because I realized where I was moving, too. I said, no. I said, I'm going to invite him in. I said, I'm going to pray and invite him in. I said, we are tight. I said, I have his direct, I have his direct number. I said, I'm serious. I said, we're that close. He said, he started, he goes, well, you are a pastor. I said, oh yeah, but I'm just not any other pastor. I said, we're tight. I said, listen to what I'm telling you. I said, we're tight. Now they're in. I mean, they're they're now engaged. And I said, do you mind if I ask? Are you ready? You really want me to, to invite him in? Because once I do, I can't call it off. I can't call it off. She said, she, she said yeah, she's in, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he's going, well, what's it look like? I said, I don't know what it looks like. I'm just inviting him in and let the Lord do his thing. And I said, all I'm asking you to do is whenever you, whatever you hear him say and you recognize it's him and he knows how to communicate with you, you know how to communicate with him, whether you think you do or not. He knows how you hear. All I'm saying is when you know it's him and you're reminded of this moment, I need you to do whatever he's telling you to do. And he said, Okay, but this time, honestly, he was leaned up to the front of my desk, listened to every word I said. I said, okay, and I had my fingers like this. I said, I can't undo this when I do it. He said, okay, all right. He's holding on to the front of the desk. I said, Lord, get him. <laughs> exactly what I said, Lord, get him. Like that, and I looked at back, and I said, okay, that's it. You all ready? You ready? And then he went, I didn't feel anything. I said, oh, you don't understand. I said, you're leaving with him. You're going with him. He not, he not, he's not right here, just only right here. You're going with him. I said, he's going to be in your car. We drove separate. I said, he's going to be in your car and hers. <laughs> he says, well, what do I do? I said, well, I've already just told you what to do. What, whenever you hear or feel or sense something that you communicate with, when you know he's communicating, and you're reminded of this moment, whatever he's telling you to do, do. So they got up. He so, she said, we're going to pray after that. I said, have already prayed. I said, just get ready. I said, man. And I even said this when they left. I said, wish y'all luck. So they're walking, tiptoeing outside of my office. They're standing outside in the hallway and they're looking at each other. And he, she said, are you ready? He said, yeah, I don't know what to expect. I walked by and patted him on the back when I walked out. And I said, I got in my car. I was leaving. I patted him on the back and I said, well, I'll talk to you real soon. I'm excited for you guys. Got my car and I drove off. None of my tricks were working, so I figured I'd give God his tricks, right? Here's what happened. About two or three days later, she's calling me. She said, I don't know what's happening to him. And I said, what? She, goes, she said, he's, he, he won't even go to work. And I said, what do you mean he won't go to work? She said, he's staying at home. He just stays around the house all the time. He said, he, and she said, I go to work, but he's not going to work. He's staying at home. I said, well, what's he doing? She said, I don't really know. I said, well... Ask him what he's doing. Is is the Lord speaking to him or what's he doing? So she says to him, she says, well, what's, what's, why aren't you you going to work? She said, he said, there's a lady that's a Christian that I work with and I know as soon as I go to work, he's going to speak to her. I just know it. I just know it. He says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going. He said, I'm not going to go. He said, I got some vacation time. I'm going to burn them all up until something happens. I'm not going back to work. She said, I know, she's a believer, she's a believer. So finally his wife says, you gotta go to work, you gotta go to work. So he musters up enough courage and, 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 now think about this, this is two or three days later, that means it's consuming him, right? So he gets up and he finally ends up going to work and I get this message that, that he called the office and he said, can, can you call me? And I called and when I called him back, he was trembling and crying. I said, what, what is it? What is it? He said, listen to this. He said, I found a card today that my wife had sent me years ago. And it lo- I read it and it said, I love you forever. And he said, I've had this card forever. And I said, well, Why are you crying now? He said, Because it finally meant something. I said, What do you mean it finally meant something? He said, I think your God is talking to me. And I said, It's not my God, it's our God, it's our Father. He said, what do I do? I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to leave work. I said, why? He said, I want to go take my wife and get her and go. I just want to, I just want to be close to her. I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you to leave work because you're allowed to get fired. And then you'll be back here for something else. <laughs> I said, but here, do what you have to do in, through your chain of command, your, your, your office organization. I said, then go and do what you need to do. I didn't hear from him for a couple of days. And I was afraid to call. So all of a sudden, they pop into the church together. They got their kids with them, two daughters. Their kids come walking in with their, they're their, their together. They're smiling, they're holding, all this, these husband and wife holding hands, looking at me, and they said, man, he goes, what do I, you wouldn't believe what happened. He said, I was sitting at the office, I ran in that, found that card, and, and uh, I said, look, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, what, let me ask you something, what do I gotta do to be saved? I said, what did you have to do to put your marriage back together? He said, I just had to listen for that thing and have you put God on us. So he said, you put God on us? I said, I'll tell you what I'll do if it'll make you feel better. I'm gonna put God on you again <laughs> for your salvation. He said, would you? He said, because you did say you were like this. And I said, but it sounds to me like you and him might be like this. And he went, yeah. And I said, will not you just ask God? to give you his salvation. He said, I can do that. I said, do it right now. He said, you think you'll hear me? I said, listen, what you've been through in the last week, he'll hear you. He said, God, would you give me that thing? Would you just give that to me, that same thing that will put my marriage, but would you just give that to me? And I'm not joking for one minute. He began to cry like a tiny baby. He began to wail and weep and tears run down his face. I started crying. I'm not joking. It was a moment that the kids were wondering what in the world was going on. His wife, he'd collapsed on the floor in the hallway. His wife was in in, the top of him and and I was crying. I didn't know what to do. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this is the way this thing is supposed to to work. And the Lord reminded me, Mm -hmm. if you'll let me serve you, I can make all things new. I'll make it rich and add no sorrow to it. I'm asking you today, let's take this next step of the journey of life together, and let's let Christ, Jesus, the master, serve us so we can serve others. Would you stand with me? It's been an incredible five years. I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world. I wouldn't want to go through it again for anything in this world. All right? It's a truth. I never wanted to start a church. It took me seven months to get a lot of pressure from a lot of people and God to start this thing. But I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad you're here. And we're gonna live this life together and we're gonna do life together. We're gonna have some great successes and we're gonna have some things that, aren't so, that look like successes. We're gonna have life. Life's a roller coaster. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. But together, we're gonna advance. We have a promise. But the end of a thing is better than the beginning. I'm thankful for you, but I'm thankful for him. When we didn't get it all right, he stayed right. When we sometimes try to get off course and we get ahead of ourselves, he sets the timetable. Aren't you thankful? We can't go back and get the years that we've wasted, but he said he'd redeem the time. He'd restore and redeem all that's been taken from us. So let me pray that prayer blessing over you on the fifth year anniversary. And starting next week, all through the rest of this year, till we get to Thanksgiving, we're gonna allow God to do some things in our services, in our midst, that are gonna blow your mind. I wanna encourage you to stay connected, stay coming, be a part of this, because God's gonna do something bigger than you could ever imagine. We're gonna let God be God and us enjoy it. Father, in Jesus' name. I pray a prayer blessing over all my friends and family here today. (laughs) I'm thankful for their lives. I'm thankful for the way we've met. Some through hard times and some through good times. Some through just change of life. Some were in circumstances, situations that were just not good and their life and their steps were just ordered to all connect here. I'm thankful for this family that we've assembled and you've gathered together that are your people. I don't take it lightly, Lord, that they're your people. And I'm thankful, Lord, for where you're taking us all. So I pronounce a blessing over every one of them, man, woman, and child. I bless them, I bless them beyond measure. I bless them with the blessing of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus the Christ. And I say, God, let them walk in the power of your resurrection that they might see fully the face, the hand, and the complete body of Jesus, our Lord. We thank you and we bless you. And as we continue this journey on together, God, we do it all, sink step by step together in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. See y'all Wednesday night. See y'all tonight at six o'clock. Clock for Keto.